Hello and welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 in real time podcast where we are playing Persona 5 Royal in real time, day by day, week by week, along with the in-game calendar. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Tom Marks. Hello! I'm so glad I didn't mess up pointing to you on camera. <laughs> I'm so excited to be doing this. First first real episode. It's exciting, man. Yeah, I we're, we're, we've started playing the game. We're, we're in three whole days. Uh, we, we have played through, for anyone following along at home, uh, April 9th, the day the game starts, April 10th and April 11th, uh, to give you a little bit of a primer on what this show actually is before we jump into what we're doing. Uh, if you haven't watched episode zero where we did a, a lengthier explainer, go ahead and check that out if you want to. Uh, but otherwise, just just so you know what you're in for, uh, Tom and I are going to be playing Persona 5 Royal along with the in-game calendar. And week by week, we're going to be recording a podcast where we break down what we played, uh, the choices we made, uh, a lot of the the little bits and pieces of what is, I think, both one of our favorite uh, JRPGs, uh, and at least I don't want to speak for you, but one of my favorite games in general, um, and jump into, really get into like the nitty gritty of all the good, the bad, the weird, the the all of it. Uh, and we're, we're going to be jumping through a lot in detail, of course, Tom and I have both played Persona 5 in some respects before. I played Persona 5 originally back in 2017 uh, and started a royal playthrough, but then paused it when we decided we were going to be doing the show. Tom has played through all of Persona 5 Royal recently within the last year, so it's going to be a little fresher in your mind. I I am the closest thing to, like, the newcomer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I platinumed Royal, although from the talk of the town, that's not, like, the hardest... It's not the hardest platinum in the world in terms of PlayStation games. A platinum's Uh, a platinum. There are people out there who play (laughs) games where it's, like, click a a button for 20 minutes and you get a platinum, so you're you're good. It counts. Fair enough. And, uh, first of all, also, I just want to say thank you to everyone who responded so positively to the announcement of this show and we got a few people saying this is so exciting i've never played persona before uh i'll I'll play it my first time alongside you guys like this that's super exciting and i i love that people have that are that enthusiastic for it uh a a small caveat i would put (laughs) is this is a really weird way to play this game it is not the recommended way to play this game and if you find yourself just like wanting to play more of it just play more. You'll probably yeah. have more fun playing at the pace you want to play, and you can always come back and listen to the episodes after the fact and kind of treat it as a, a running commentary or a recap rather than a, uh, you know, the way you have to play this game first. Persona 5 is a really fun, special game that takes a lot of time, and you should just play that at the pace you want to play it. But we're really excited that people are excited to come along this weird journey with us. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, as as the, the title of our show says, take your time. But if you suddenly don't want to and you want to jump in, we very much understand that impulse, and we highly encourage you to just play at the pace you want to. And as Tom said, uh, whether you're playing along with us, uh, playing along at home, or if you're uh, a fan of Persona who, who's jumped into the games before, uh, we, we hope the show can can be something for all of you. Uh, we will definitely be considerate of people we know who are playing through this for the first time, and we aren't going to just outright be like, and then the end of the game happened like this. We're, we're going to definitely be con- conscientious of that, but at the same time, we also know a lot of Persona 5 fans who have played the game may be listening, and so we're not going to pretend that we have not played the events that happen and certain things will hold importance 
importance to us that they may not on your first time around. We'll, we will absolutely be trying to be as considerate as possible to not spoil moments, to not uh, ruin events for you. Uh, well, when we get into anything that is like, this is a moment that may be important later, we're going to definitely spoiler warn it uh, and uh, let you know before we get into those discussions. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hopefully in, in the audio uh, areas, I can put it as well, but I'll try to put time codes for like, spoiler warning shows up at this point, just to let you all know. But um, uh, other than that, yeah, I, th- I think that's all the the housekeeping I can think of. As Tom said, thank you so much to everyone who uh, gave such a warm welcome. As we as we said on episode zero, this was sort of a goof a year ago that turned into a real idea uh, that we're both really excited for because mostly we just love this game and wanted to talk about this game with each other uh, and to know that there are enough people out there who want to also talk about this game who uh, may want to write in. Uh, speaking of, if you do want to write in, uh, feel free to write into Dornology at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, thoughts that you want to jump in for weeks to come, uh, obviously leave comments as well. Uh, but yeah, other than that, the show will be live on podcast services and YouTube every Monday. So look forward to episodes of that. But uh, without further ado, I think we should jump in to Persona 5 Royal. Uh, And so we're going to do a highly produced five-minute anime intro, uh, (laughs) I think is the best way to do this. Uh, Tom, can you roll that clip? Yeah, about that. Uh, The budget didn't come through, so... The budget of zero dollars. <laughs> yeah, the budget of zero dollars. Man, the cutscenes in this game are good. It's uh, so pretty just from the start. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into the actual events, but I I, I do want to say, like, my the first thing that um, when I first played Persona 5, where I, I kind of knew, like, oh, this is going to be a moment for me, or, like, this is going to be a game I'm going to love, is that intro cutscene. Um, and, and just the, like, the vibe of, vibe of it, the art of it, the music of it, everything, the, the style that is so Persona. Uh, and Persona 5 in particular was just like, oh, yeah, this is on another level for me. I'm into this. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's really, really great. The 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 anime style cutscenes all throughout are just some of like the most you see one pop up, you see the, the in engine go away and the anime cutscene come up and you're like, oh, yeah, another one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it, it's like watching a, a cartoon on a Saturday morning and in the middle of a game you're loving. It's it's mm-hmm. so great when those pop up. There is an anime, but we'll, we'll get to that another time, I think. Um, <laughs> but for now, I, I think the best thing to do is sort of uh, how, how we're going to approach this is both a little bit of recap and summary, but also definitely a lot of analysis of it. So we're not going to go through line by line of dialogue or moment by moment um we we are going to because we're only dealing with three days this time as opposed to a normal week we'll probably spend a little more time uh on some of these days but of course this is the beginning of your journey and before you get to that journey there is a big in media res scene that i think we're going to save discussion of until after we go through the the days um but that 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 is definitely something we'll be talking about so stay tuned for that in a little bit but uh we we start on april 9th uh and it's uh, Joker's first day. H- how do you how do you name Joker? You do get the option to name your character. I was curious what your approach is to naming. A character. So my my I just do my username like my normal online handle, which is. But the trick of it is I never really use this the last name of my online handle very much, okay. and so I always just go for the first name. And then the problem with that in Persona is that you they only ever refer to you by your last name if because of just how the way Japanese naming conventions work. Uh, but now this is the third time I've played this game, not including Persona 5 Strikers, where I named the character the same thing, and I, like, don't really like the last name, but I just... Like, it's just his name now. I've played the game so many times, <laughs> yeah. and it's just that. Um, yeah. 
this is this is one of the few games where the character count actually allows my full first and last name because usually for oh. some reason for some reason eight characters is too much for games to handle when it comes to names yeah. sometimes your so name I, is unreasonably long it is and it's not my fault but I, I accept the burden <laughs> of it uh, but so I, I I use my full name in persona just because it's very fun and every time my last name pops up I'm like oh, they're talking to me it's me <laughs> um, but I guess that that is worth talking about definitely a little bit in terms of like obviously for the most part you are a silent protagonist um right joker does occasionally make a few huh and and gasps and questions or we'll say like two or three lines i think there are like a, a handful of actual lines but for the most part uh you do really get to sort of imprint yourself onto joker from the start mm-hmm. yeah um, it's it he he's in a large way meant as just your avatar i yeah. think uh and uh of course on day one uh your uh I, I forgot how much the the events are covered of why Joker is in this situation in the beginning. For some reason, mm. I thought the flashbacks to that and the like, the realization of it came later. But uh, you you get pretty early on an understanding of uh, why Joker is where he is. He he's coming to uh, Young and Jaya and is staying uh, at LeBlanc, a cafe with uh, the wonderful Sojuro. Dude, Sojuro is the best. Sojuro so, Sojuro is so great. Yeah, but also Sojiro does not start out as the best. No. Um, yeah, I think without spoiling it, it's fair to say we are both fans of Sojiro in the long run. But in the beginning of this game, and I think over the, the I want to say the course of most of the, these first three days, everyone's kind of really mean to you. Dude, okay, so this is something I remembered from last time I played, and I'm really glad we have a chance to talk about it, and, and maybe we can get into it more depth later, but like... Yeah, the the setup of this game is so interesting to me because it so clearly positions Joker as this kind of selfless, good guy, very nice person thrown into a terrible situation yeah. that, like, gets out of his control before he do- knows what's happening even. And his reward for that is that, like, even the people that know what happened are like, well, you just shouldn't have done that, idiot. Like, yeah. everyone is so mean to him. It's, like, insane. And I, I genuinely don't know if it is a, like, a, a cultural dissonance, I suppose. Um, like Maybe. I don't, I, I don't want to read too much into that, obviously, as someone who has only spent uh, a total of two and a half days in Japan. I can't really speak to how uh, teenagers are treated when they stop an assault. But, um, yeah, of course, w- within the course of these three days, you do discover that... Um, joker on the on a walk home at night uh back in his home as a country boy as sojiro refers to you uh yeah. which just really makes it like obviously in the u.s like country boy to me has a very different connotation right. but um anyway so you, you joker is walking home one night and uh hears a woman in distress and comes across um a man essentially forcing himself on a woman being very aggressive with this woman, um, trying to force her to get into a car and Joker gets in the way and tries to stop him. And, um, the, the ensuing, not fight, but the ensuing, uh, fisticuffs that are thrown and the results, uh, essentially cause Joker to kind of have to move away and to, to, uh, be put on this sort of probationary watch. Uh, he's, he's living with Sojuro who begrudgingly understands that he did a good thing, but really doesn't want to have to deal with this kid right now. Yeah. Even though he signed up for it. Yes, it's all very, exactly. it's the, the, the setup for how you get to LeBlanc is like, 
just thick enough that it like holds everything up, but like not thick enough that it like they're like just don't worry about it at a certain point, and like uh, that's yeah. fine. It's 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 there. It's yeah, it, it totally works. And um, also, it, am I pronouncing it wrong? Do you is the C silent? They don't pronounce the C okay. in the in the English VO, huh. which is okay. what I listen to. So I don't yeah. know. That's just how I've always said it is Lebon. My but mind I, must be hearing the C then. <laughs> yeah, it's also you know uh, Joey from Friends has has impacted the U.S. kind of pronunciation of that pretty significantly. I think. It's very true. Yeah, if there's if there's one way we think of LeBlanc, it's yeah. Joey. Joey Tribbiani. Exactly. Uh, anyway, moving on from there. So uh, you, you sort of, you, uh, day one, it's pretty light. Like the, these first couple days before events start to really happen are, are pretty light. Uh, you're meeting Sojuro. You, you get introduced to the, the cafe, which like, obviously when you're just starting the game is a totally new area to you. I, it just feels like coming back home though. Yeah. Um, even when you're brought up to uh, Joker's room, which is the musty old, dirty, cramped attic. Uh, of this place that you just essentially have to clean up yourself again. Sodro does not want to have to deal with you. Uh, yeah. So you have to do all the work yourself. Um, thank God that was not like a mini game they threw in there. Yeah. There, the, the the thing I really like to through this kind of like first couple like day or so of talking to Sodro is one of the sort of funny things about persona is that a lot of its dialogue options until you start getting into later stuff, which we can talk about later, like don't, fully matter but you're given a lot of choice right you're given three options every time sojiro says something to you and you can respond you get like three different options that range generally from like very polite to just a total jerk right like or like very flippant or silly and like i that's just role playing right it's 100 percent just role playing but it's very funny to me that you can be just so mean in response or so polite and they'll still be mean to you. Like, yep. It doesn't it's matter. Kind of, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, which, which path do you generally choose when, especially when talking to Sodra? I generally go very polite, but, Same. uh, mostly out of the hope that maybe it will mean that they see I'm actually a good boy and it, <laughs> it never pans out. Yeah. No, it's there. Uh, Sodra is still going to be mean to you, uh, which is, yeah. which is very funny. Um, but uh, forgive, forgive me if I'm, I'm missing anything, but other than that, day one is relatively quiet. Um, other yeah, than day one's uh, quick, uh, other than essentially finding out why Joker is where they are, um, setting all that up, as you were saying, kind of like just trying to get you to this place because being here is what matters. Uh, but of course, when you go to bed that first night, which I genuinely didn't remember it was the first night, uh, you you dream into a very strange place. Yes. The Velvet Room. The, the Velvet Room is this amazing thing, going to this prison with these twin guards and this very long-nosed weird man talking about things you don't understand and won't understand, frankly, for a long time. Uh, it's it funny because I never played a previous Persona game. This Persona 5 was my first Persona game. And if you haven't played a Persona game, The Velvet Room is lunacy. It just does not make any sense. Yep. It does not try to justify itself in any way, shape, or form. And that kind of never changes. And, like, that's just because it's basically a game mechanic. And, like, if yep. you just sort of accept it as that, that's fine. But, like, story-wise... Man, is it weird and confusing, and yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those things where like it just throws you right into it, which I appreciate because yeah, as you said, this is it is so out of place. 
to mm-hmm. everything else that you kind of just have to go along with it. I do. This made me think, and I forgot to bring it up in the beginning, but even before you begin uh, that, um, the, the sort of flash forward sequence, the in meteor res moment, uh, there is a sort of like Cohen brothers opening, like this is a work of fiction. Uh, do you agree to like enter this game sort of like meta pact that does tie yeah. more into the, the velvet room of it all. Um, yeah. But it's very funny that, yeah, you just get thrown right into this. And uh, I did want to point out, they're, they're, the twins are referred to as Caroline, and and he says Justine. Yeah, I was upset by that. Yeah, I, I was a little <laughs> bit too. There, there are definitely, I think, I don't know if it gets fixed in Royal, but there are definitely some pronunciation issues on the English language side that happen with uh, some of the Japanese names. But yeah. I forgot that they happen occasionally with these names too. Well, well, Igor, and this is now my fault, Igor or Igor, I don't remember how they pronounce it in this, but uh, he never says Justine's name basically ever after that. Yep. And the one who does, Carol, Car- Caroline, says Justine, not Justine. And so it's just like, okay, that's her name. Yeah. To me, at least. There's just these, like, occasional little, like, oh, someone will say it this way, and then someone says it that way. I'll just right. I'll just go by Justine, because it's easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Caroline and Justine rhyme, so it's easier. Uh, you meet them, and you immediately get a sense of, like, their... their not angel and devil, but like sort of nicer and or, or meaner and less mean versions. Because yeah. again, no one really is nice to you at the beginning of this game. <laughs> but at the very least, like one of them, and forgive me, I'm actually blanking on which one's the meaner one. I want to say Justine, but one of them is just real mean to you right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and you're sort of presented that there there are more larger machinations at work, but it's. You know, like the the true meaning of all of this stuff, still a total mystery. Um, as you said, it's kind of funny that it does um, just kick you right into this pretty immediately. Uh, but I I like that balance of it because of the cyclical nature of this game. You do go to sleep every night, and especially when you're playing through for the first time, you're like, "Is something going to happen when I go to bed?" Mm-hmm. Like it is, and that sounds weirder than I mean it to be. But like, <laughs> it, am I going to be transported to this other place for a little bit to get some sort of like lore drop or some information about something or a new mechanic? Like it, it opens up this immediate like, oh, things things can go unexpected just because of the nature of the the cyclical nature of the game, right? Um. Moving on from that, just to kind of get through the the events a little bit more, uh, April 10th, uh, you wake up and you're, you're sort of visiting uh, Shujin Academy for the first time, getting a first sense there. Uh, you meet two of the teachers uh, in, a, in a cutscene, Kamoshida and Kawakami. Um, you uh, get to see some other characters. One thing that I did want to bring up about uh, this day, I believe at the end of the day, uh, or is it the beginning, Sojuro asks you to flip the sign around on the door. Uh, I believe it's the end of the day. So I I wanted to bring this up because, because I want he calls you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up an anecdote of our patron saint of Persona, Andrew Goldfarb, um, who platinumed the original Persona Five in Japanese. Um, right. Because he he got that version before it came out in, in English and was so excited. Uh, he I remember him telling me vividly when we used to work together. He got stuck at this moment in the Japanese version for like an hour. Because he didn't know, he just had to go outside and then go back and flip the sign. He had no idea because he could, he can't read Japanese, and so he was just 
dumbfounded and was clicking everything everywhere about what to do. And it became such a huge hassle. And then he was like, and then I just flipped the sign and that was it. <laughs> and I got to move on. And it, it's just one of those things where it was like the, the game makes a meal out of this really small moment uh, and can yeah. do that occasionally. Um, but I, well, but I, it's, go ahead. it's also because the first time you go to LeBlanc in this game, it lets you just run around Young and Jaya, right? It lets you run around the alleys by your house, kind of just to explore and see the area in the day. Yeah. And then I think what this is is basically the opportunity to see it at night because, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but for a little while at the beginning of the game, you're not really allowed out at night, right? Yeah. So, like, the the fact that you this is your sort of opportunity to see that space at night for a little bit is kind of kind of cute right but also it is very funny that it literally just wants you to go out the door and then go back in the door yeah <laughs> it's it's one of those moments as you were saying like it's it's letting you explore if you want to but also you can just go in and out if that's all uh, you're just trying to get through the moments um yeah but it's it Again, yeah, as you were saying, I I realized I didn't spend too much time this time because I have before, but um, obviously in Young and Jaya, there's there's a few shops that you can't really do much with right now. Uh, There's the closed down movie theater, and there's a couple little places that become important later on, and it is sort of up to you, like within this first day, two days, you can take the time to like kind of go around and get familiar with what's there or you can just ignore it. Like there, there is a really great balance of like, do you just want to go on the story path or do you want to see more of this larger world? Go ahead and make your choice. Sure. Um, and, and that yeah. first day also does that a little bit to, uh, yeah. you know, a slightly lesser extent, right. With the, the school just showing you it and then giving you, I think it gives you a chance to walk around a little bit more the next day. But like the, the fact that it's, it really is just sort of setting up some familiar places that you're going to be a lot in a much more restricted fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I don't have a ton from April 10th that like really, really stuck out to me. Is there anything from this day? Obviously you, as I was saying, you you meet a couple of the teachers very briefly. Um, There's some light implications of where the story is going with um, Sai, who we see in that, that earlier opening, which we'll get to in a little bit. But other than that, it's a, it's a pretty relatively quiet day. Again, other than people being upset by your existence, like Kawakami, knowing that she has to deal with you as a student. Dude, Kawakami is such a hilarious mess. She's just like so unhappy and just so like, doesn't like you at all, even though she's never talked to you. There's a lot of, uh, I, I, this is a theme that I guess happens a lot in this game and happens even more the next day. There's a lot of assumption of guilt or assumption of innocence as a theme that happens in Persona. Totally. Um, depending on kind of a character's stature or status or who they are, there's that's I think a lot of what this game ends up being about is, you know... M- you know, very literally seeing who's behind the mask and only seeing the mask and looking skin more than skin deep. And I think that's what, why it does this so kind of repetitively to a certain extent of just like people continuously misidentifying you and yep. continuously assuming who you are based off of one piece of your life. And I think that there is, it's real. It seems needlessly mean on the tenth when you have like Kawakami and Kamashita just standing around, just shit talking you for no reason, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, but at the same time, like I think that they they want to hammer you over the head with those themes because they do come up a lot and they come back a lot. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and we'll, we'll get to a mask sort of thing to keep that metaphor going in a second. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where for these first few days, your defining characteristic is that you are guilty of something and that is why you are here. And, and yeah. that is it, like the first impression almost every character I think has of you, uh, save for a couple people, is very much, oh, you're that troublesome kid. Yeah, um, yeah. And that is something that you have to work against and it immediately puts your character in this place of being defensive. And so it, it also makes those um, dialogue choices that you can have, have more weight because you can try to be the play kid. Who's just trying to be good. Like trying to convince people you're not right. this bad kid. You can kind of lean into being a dick if you want to and sort of be like, no, what are you talking about? Like you can get mad at people a little bit, obviously in the, at the end of the day, it doesn't dramatically affect the story, but it's nice to have those moments to make Joker sort of reflective of the way you want him to be during all this. Totally. Um, anyway, moving on to, uh, April 11th, which of these three days is definitely the biggest day. Uh, because, uh, you start the day, uh, your, your instruction, your mission is to live an honest life. (laughs) <laughs> to go be a student and live an honest life. Uh, and on your way to school, you uh, you meet a mysterious blonde stranger, clearly another student at your school, who, um, of course, is named An. We're, we're not going to shy away from names, even if they're not introduced immediately in the moment. I don't think that'll ruin too much. But, uh, <laughs> man, Joker just stares at On for, like, a good two minutes. It's not great. It's this uncomfortable. I mean, if we want to talk about it, this game does not take long to already have problematic sexist stuff, yeah. right? With, like, a lot of what Sojiro talks about of, like, oh, I'd, I'd make a rule of never putting a dude's phone number number in my phone. Or, like, men usually aren't allowed in my my car. Yeah. And then also Kawakami being, like, a male teacher would have really been better for this job, right? And, like, yeah. it doesn't take long for them to just, like, launch into some some pretty gross stuff and also just joker just staring at her is definitely one of those moments of like come on atlas like you can do better than this watching it back because this is i guess the third time i've seen the scene i was just like how how long how long does he stare why is this (laughs) just keeps going and it's even one of those things where like she notices and she's like "Uh uh-huh and then keeps looking ahead and he's just like hey girl (laughs) what do i do about the girl uh, and it's like, all right, very dude, co- like it, it very clearly sets up the idea that he could be romantically interested in her or is just real horny. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, th- that scene also serves to quickly introduce you a little bit more to Kamashita, who uh, just from minute one is a creep. Yes. Just like without a doubt. Never trust that chisel jaw. Yeah. It's the- unnatural. A, a gym teacher who's who is that 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 sleazy no don't want any part of that yeah. um uh it's immediately gross and it immediately establishes like i don't trust this guy and i don't like this guy which um we'll, we'll go into a little bit more about i think these these people of interest who are not great people uh especially as the show <laughs> goes on but um you see you see this all happen uh he asks on to get in the car um she does clearly begrudgingly and it's it's extremely uncomfortable this part intentionally so whereas the like the joker stare there is there is definitely a difference i think in what works here to be intentionally uncomfortable and the this is just here because it seems like it's a horny scene and i don't like it because it's gross (laughs) um 
there's a difference there. Uh, Kamashita like briefly offers you a ride, and then I guess because Joker is essentially a silent protagonist, he can't accept the ride. Um, is how I <laughs> he interpret literally that scene. can't say yes. Yeah, yeah. That, in that moment, I was just like, they ask like, "Do you want a ride too?" Like clearly not wanting to give a ride, but he's like, uh, "Do you want a ride?" And you just go, "Uh." And then it's like, all right, I guess not. And so you move on. Um, but anyway, after, after this moment, um, you run into, of course, Ryuji. The best boy! Um, uh. Who I will say, I and I don't want to get into spoilers too much, but obviously Ryuji is a person of import. Uh, I don't think I gave him a fair enough shake the first time around. No, me neither. Um, that, that, struck, that stuck out to me too, is I remember him being... Uh, very crass and loud and, you know, troublemakery as they call him. But looking back on the scenes in this first day with him, he really is just like very compassionate and very nice and like a little bit loud and jerky. But yeah. like he is the only person you meet in the game so far who treats you like a normal human and just like is and is you know we'll get to stuff later but like is willing to like sacrifice himself for you in some instances and it's like yeah he's just so he he, they did such a good job of making him like making you connect with another person like joker who is perceived as a troublemaker but their actions are speaking more than their reputation and his yeah. actions are generally very positive. Yeah. And it's uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see Ryuji's journey in this game because yeah, I, I feel like the, the impression that they want you to take away of like how other people see him as this troublemaker did kind of stick with me on my first playthrough. Like I did definitely um, not pay as much attention to him as I could have throughout the journey. And we'll get to that gameplay mechanic later, but um, there were definitely I, I felt like I, I didn't dive into him as a person uh, who I wanted Joker to connect with because I was like, oh, well, he's the loud, boisterous one who is very quick to curse and be mad about things and then move on. But there there is more to him. And you're right. Like, you have kind of immediately get it here. Um, and I, I think the fact that he does treat you as, as a human, as you said, kind of perfectly makes immediately maybe go like, oh, yeah, hold on. There's more to this guy. Um, also I like his shirt, uh, moving on from that though. Uh, obviously the two of you start discussing Kamoshida, uh, and Ryuji points out how he is this pervert teacher who sort of considers himself the king of a castle. Uh, and after saying these things, as you try to walk to Shujin Academy, you're suddenly transported to a castle. <gasps> what a coincidence. I'm sure the two are completely unrelated. It's It's got to be just a, a happenstance sort of thing. There are obviously castles all around Chujin Academy. If you missed it in the opening cinematic, they show sure. all of the castles, naturally. Uh, but, but you appear in this castle. I really like that the transfer uh, to what is the first palace um, is a is an animated cutscene where we sort of get to see them kind of go through the like, what is happening? Uh, we just were down this alleyway and now we're here. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, the and that, of, like, blend, that blend effect of, of like the, the ripples where you can see the castle in one of the ripples and then see the school in another ripple is just, it's a really, really cool effect. It's so great. I love it. And then, um, so you, you get to this point and obviously the boys are trying to get to school, but they're, they're in this castle and they're, they're starting to figure out like what, what's going on here. Uh, they see, you know, knights who Ryuji thinks are students in costume. 
Uh, those are some very large students that he assumes are in costume or some very creative <laughs> costumes. Uh, but they get thrown in the the under dungeon jail cell of this place. Um, and essentially during all of this, you uh, you come to find out that Kamashita is here too, but he's dressed in a Speedo, uh, a bright pink cape, uh, has, a, has a crown, uh, is essentially the, the king of the castle. Uh, though he looks more like a, a court jester in my mind. Um, <laughs> it's, it is very funny to immediately see him and be like, oh yeah, he is bad. He is the worst. Like he mm-hmm. just immediately, it was like, um, if you had any doubts, here's the, the id and the ego of this guy. And he, he's just the worst. Like, yeah, they just immediately go for that. Um, and, and I, I'm sort of brushing through here cause I want to get to the point where, um, you know, uh, Kamashita is, kind of like knocking you and Riju around with his his henchmen guards that you don't really fully understand what they are yet um you're trying to fight back a little bit obviously these guards are much more powerful than you and then you sort of have this moment um where a voice speaks to you and sort of is like you know events are predetermined and whatnot but we we can sort of instill this power that will will help things in in your favor a little bit and um when you assume what is, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say this, but when you assume this sort of persona transformation, uh, it's just the coolest thing. Yeah. Because you literally get a mask on your face that you rip the skin off to so remove. Gross. It's it's so bloody and violent. And like Joker in that moment is like so maniacal looking. Mm-hmm. Like it's just this swell of power. And it's so, even for a character who is a silent protagonist, like it, it lends so much personality to him immediately. Because he is like, you know he did something right, but is sort of being framed as this sort of wrong person for it in the real world. Uh, and he's taking this power because he needs it to deal with this other bad guy, even if you don't have a full sense of w- what's bad about this guy just yet. But um, he, he gets this power. And like the smile and the look on his face for me just read as like, oh yeah, this is right. This is, I know what to do with this. Um, yeah. <clears throat> talk to me a little bit about what you felt of this whole like introductory scene to essentially your first transformation, your first uh, introduction to the, the persona, you know, switch that these characters go through when they're in this other place. Well, it's a, it's a trend that will continue in this game of uh, making things really terrible, really quick. And then like having the characters have to deal with it or get out of it in some way. And, and this, I I like this scene a lot because it gets you invested so incredibly quickly. And even the whole kind of like castle scene that, that plays after it, I think is such a smart idea because there's so many RPGs that take a really long time to make you care i think is the big issue not take a long time to be fun necessarily but take a long time to get you invested in them and invested in their characters and invested in their story uh and i feel like this sort of moment of of joker is not you you already are on joker's side like morally and then seeing them become this more thing in a very dire situation and then have to sort of use their own sort of uh, cleverness to get out of it and their own new power to get out of it is really a good way of making you as a player feel into that and powerful and like just ready to go with whatever's about to come at you. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where I think um, 
I, at least me and I, I think some other people I've talked to about this game, like we joke a bit about, oh yeah, oh, you're still in the first 10 hours, so you're still in the tutorial. But it does, like playing through this day, it's like, oh yeah, you do get a lot of fundamentals pretty upfront. Like as you were saying, yeah. it does it's both taking its time and doing some things repetitively to get you a certain sense of where these characters are and where Joker is in the story. But it also does really just throw you right in. Like this is, as we're saying day three and you are, you are turning into this other version, this Joker, you're uh, getting the power of uh, Arsene, your persona. You're in a couple fights. You're learning a bit of sneaking around. Like even outside of that, that uh, prologue opening, you're, you're in it pretty, pretty instantly. Yeah. Um, and, and with that also comes the introduction of a cat who refuses to be known as a cat. Um, Morgana. Morgana! Um, who I adore, obviously. I think it's 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 fair to say. Uh, Morgana is, is a very lovable cat who refuses to be called a cat. Um, you're introduced to Morgana, who, who clearly has more of an understanding than you about this world. And this is sort of the push and pull of things that I think speaks to what you're saying of, like, how it throws you in, but still is leaving so much mystery and so much question mm-hmm. about what's going on. Because, like, we're, we're using things pretty colloquially because we've played the game, but of, uh, like, Palace and, uh, you know, Persona and all these things. But it, it does dole all of that out slowly enough for you to get an understanding of it and for each of those bits to matter. Um, yeah. and, and so even getting with this Morgana introduction and them trying to uh, get your help to get out of this unfortunate position you're all in uh, still leaves a ton of room for like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, it blends this whole opening and we'll talk about the prologue a bit in a moment. Um, but like th- this whole opening just does a really incredible job of blending story and gameplay without either like getting crazy overwhelming while also introducing a potentially overwhelming amount of information and character beats. And a lot of the way it does a lot of that. uh, And I think that's pretty clear in this castle escape too, is it just doesn't answer a lot of the questions. And rather than just not answering a lot of the questions and expecting you to go with it, it puts your hero in a position where they have no idea what is going on And therefore, when you have no idea what's going on and you also aren't getting answers to what's going on, that's part of the game rather than like... So they they found this really nice sort of middle ground of they don't need to exposition dump, right? They can just sort of tell you what you need to know at the time and leave a lot to be discovered later as mystery. But then they also can still give you a reason to care right away, which is you're in a jail, <laughs> you need to get out, right? Like you don't have, Morgana even at one point is like, you don't have time to worry about other people besides yourself right now. Yeah. I don't have time to explain it right now. We need to go. Yeah. And like that's sort of a really, I don't know. I think it's just super, super clever that they were able to find this beautiful middle ground between like not giving you an hour long cutscene to set up the entire story of the game, but then also setting up the story of the game and a lot of what's going to get explained later very effectively. I, I just think that the opening of this game is really, really brilliantly done. And I, I push back against anybody. You know, there is that joke, like you said, about like, oh, you're still in the tutorial. And like, arguably, you're in Persona's quote unquote tutorial for. 10 to 20 hours if you want to call it that but the truth of the matter is it doesn't actually feel like a tutorial it just feels like more and more stuff is opening up to you as you go totally yeah the the tutorial joke i I think is very much a misnomer and i can very much understand why people may be like oh it's a hundred plus hour rpg 
I've been told the tutorial is that long. Uh, like, why would I want to devote that much time if it doesn't get going until hour 20? But it, it does get going right off the bat. And as you it's were saying, quick. It, it finds this really great middle ground of making you feel like a lot is happening, but also, especially as people who have foresight of knowing what's to come, there's still so much to be revealed, but it doesn't feel like it's holding things back from you in a way right. that is like, you're... You, you're not ready to get this, but the game isn't talking down to you. Like, as you were saying, the stuff about Morgana being like, we don't have time for this. Like, you see other people in jail cells, you see them in cages strung up in the dungeons. You don't have time for this. We we need to escape right now. We can figure more of this out later. Um, and, and even to a certain extent, I, I was sort of... I forgot, and it's not a huge point, but just of, like, Morgana deciding to stay within the palace while you leave. Um, uh-huh. It's just one of those moments of, like... There is so much more to have to be done right now, but like now is not quite the right time. Clearly things are going to play out as they need to play out. You Um, were walking to school, right? Like this scene is intercut with Kawakami at her desk being like, he's cut four periods. And it's like, that's so like, it's so weird that that's the impetus of this is like, I'm going to get expelled when you're like literally in a dungeon with knights holding swords to your neck is like very funny to me. But I I think it works. It does. And it's especially because like, you obviously know that this is not like a in the real world down the street from where you were just standing. But the threat of it all is real enough to Joker and Ryuji for it to matter. Um, Like even if this is happening in a, in a different space, it still matters to them right now so much. And I think it really sells that. But as you're saying, they're also going to really, even though they're fearing for their lives, they're probably not going to be happy that they accidentally skip school. Yeah. For the day. I, um, Um, I real quick as a hilarious tangent, just because I couldn't get over it. Uh, you're in this cell and like knights are holding you and Yuriji against a wall with swords and spears at your throat. And like Kamashita's like stab him through the heart basically. Right. Yeah. And then when you actually start to fight them, these like giant menacing knights with swords and shields turn into like adorable little pumpkin men with yep. lanterns. And it's like, well, that's, I mean, not as intimidating to be quite as frank. Like, <laughs> no, those knights are like massive, and then it's yeah, like, huge. what if they're jack o' lanterns now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, the jack o' lanterns can spew fire at you, and that's not great. But yeah, it's one of those things where you immediately get into the combat, combat, and it's like, oh, okay. There's this again, another dual nature of the enemies. Um, yeah, that we'll, we'll definitely get into. I think a little bit more down the line. But yeah, you do get a little bit of combat. Um, I guess from these earlier days, I don't have a ton to say about the combat other than that, like you don't have a full uh, breadth of what's going to be happening. Like the depth of it isn't quite there, but it introduces enough to still make it feel like a, an exciting turn-based combat system. Like it definitely doesn't start out and you're like, well, I have one attack. Like you do immediately pretty much have your attack and your persona's attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it keeps things very simple. It doesn't even give you control of Morgana, right? But yeah. it introduces the basics of a system that I think is one of the strongest points of this game, which is that it's a very classic turn-based combat system with this weakness system and this weakness exploiting system. And that gives it enough flair and flavor and strategy to be something really interesting, especially later on. And yeah, I, I mean, like you said, there's not a ton to talk about the combat yet because it's a great combat system, but this is still the very beginning of the game and you don't have much control over it quite yet. Yeah, but it, it it's one of those things too where I think the like, 
obviously you're you're in these high octane situations and it's always funny for me like as much as i love rpgs it's, it can always be that funny thing of like we're in it now and now we're going to pause and attack each other one after the other slowly while we <laughs> wait but like i think the the style both in like the menu and in the in-game uh you know art and the way the attacks play out like everything keeps up this tension and this excitement and um this energy that even when you are maybe later on really considering like what move to make and you're going through like the analysis of weak weaknesses and and your options and what you can do to maybe get some combos in like it still keeps that energy up and it's really it's really yeah. impressive to do that within a system that is turn-based at your discretion yeah yeah um moving on though from that uh, eventually the the boys escape morgana stays behind uh your teachers are very upset at you uh, because how dare you skip school? You can try to tell them you saw a castle, uh, them and the police, which is... And they just think you're on drugs. Yeah, it's probably not... Did you tell them you saw a castle, or did you try to play it off? No, I don't think I did. I think I was basically just like, let's go, I was lost, I don't know. And like, no matter what you say, right, there's not really... A way you can get out of it, yeah. but also you do kind of just get out of it. It's very funny for how much they're like one slip up and you're gone, and then you like skip the entire first half of your day, and they're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> one slip up though, and you're gone. But yeah, it's uh, you, especially the fact that that run or the day you're skipping, your first run in is with the police. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're already kind with of the police. With a character, with, with Ryuji, who's known as, like, this troublemaker that you shouldn't associate with. And it's yeah. like, wow, this really got out of hand quick, guys. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite go, uh, as planned or as well, but it, it kind of, again, uh, is, as you were saying, I think, plays into this idea that everyone, pretty much but Ryuji right now, perceives you a certain way. Uh, yeah. and, and you see that throughout the rest of the school day, um, with Kawakami and Kamoshida and the way they're sort of interacting with you and the way they're... Uh, essentially telling you to like stay in line and don't mess up. And like, they can, especially Kamashita, like can make life hell for you um, right. is the implication. Uh, but you know, even though you've been through this whole ordeal with Ryuji, you still barely know the dude. Uh, and so the two of you do have a, uh, I, I don't even know if he's been called Ryuji at this point. Cause like everyone refers no. to him as Sakamoto. Yeah, he's just Sakamoto until he introduces himself as Ryuji on the rooftop. Yes, yeah. And and the rooftop scene is sort of where um, I wanted to end things, because at the at the end of the day, before a little bit of denouement at, uh, at LeBlanc, you're, um, you're talking with Ryuji on, on the rooftop uh, of the school, which uh, is, a, is a location to remember. Um, <laughs> and I, I do really like this character moment, because again, I think what you were saying of like, they find a really great balance of not having lore dumps, but having you still care about things and the way they dole out information. There are definitely going to be moments that are just absolute lore dumps. And we'll, we'll get to those as we get to them. But I do really like that the beginning of this game feels like it's finding a nice balance between taking its time and pushing you through things to get you used to the sort of the cycle. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of opportunity right away to, just sort of explore its worlds, right? Like you can go the wrong direction a lot, which is a little confusing when you don't know the layout. Of Especially in the Shujin. school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when it's like go to the faculty office and you're like, okay, this three-story, two-section building. Where is the faculty office? Um, but yeah, I, I like that it does that. I even like that 
at the beginning of the game when you have to take the subway, right? It makes you manually navigate actual subway lines yep. to like find the Ginza line and stuff. It, it, for anybody who was annoyed by that, it, it doesn't make you always do that. Fast yes. travel exists eventually, yeah. but um, I like that it makes you walk through its world to start right these are going to be places that you're going to be spending a lot of time and it makes you sort of it or i didn't say make it lets you sort of explore them at whatever pace you want which is really cool because it's a game ultimately about a ticking clock and time sensitive pressure of day by day by day but it doesn't really pressure you ever in the moment which i think is a really nice difference yeah it um absolutely it's something that you can really experienced in these first couple days that I, I think I'm appreciating more now because this is a second playthrough than that first time. Because yeah, the first, the first time I tried to explore the, the subway lines, I was just like, I need to just get to the right place. I don't know what's happening right. here. Um, right. you know, I, I spent years navigating the New York subway, but I was having a hell of a time trying to find my way around here. And I'm just like, I don't know. I need, I just need to get there. I need to get there. But I took my, I did take my time and I, I feel like we're really plugging the show within the show, but <laughs> It does really benefit you to take those moments to do that, to be okay with going down the wrong hallway and, and knowing yeah. what you might find there. And then eventually when you do get to the rooftop here with Ryuji and, you know, have this conversation, I think going back to the the point that you really made that I really appreciate of like him being this person who also is perceived in a wrong way. His like first question is basically like, so they probably told you about me. Right. And like, you can respond and be like you, they told me you were trouble and like to watch yeah. out for you. And, and he's like, well, I know you have a criminal record. Everyone's talking about it, but like immediately you can both kind of see through the facade of what people think of you versus what you actually are. Um, yeah. The fact that there are rumors already about you and everyone already knows who you are. Right. Exactly. Is like, Oh, you're not going to ever be able to just like fit in basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, after that, that really, I think really great conversation, as you were saying, uh, you, you do get a, a, a compassionate sense of Ryuji through the, these first couple days. Uh, it, the, this day, which is the last day we're talking about, ends with another trip to the Velvet Room. Uh, you understand the app on your phone that you haven't been able to delete is essentially the way you got to this other location in the castle, the Metaverse Navigator, uh, that you should really be appreciative that he gave you. Um, stop being so rude about it and stop trying to delete it. Why are you, why are you not being nice to Igor? How, how dare you? Um, as, as Caroline and Justine will remind you, but, uh, essentially you get a little bit more, again, a little bit exposition, but a sense of the the mystery that surrounds all of this. Uh, you're, you're told of your powers, your rehabilitation, all of these sort of keywords that will come up a lot as we go through this journey and the day ends. Okay, so here's a very important question that we have before we start talking about some of the some of the other bigger things today. Yes. Uh, I stopped before going to sleep. Okay. Is okay. nighttime it before or after? So, How are we counting this? We ooh, haven't we haven't discussed this before. That's the a show. good question. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Hmm. You can <laughs> maybe something we're going to have to discuss off. Maybe something no. you can comment on and say, where should we stop? Because my concern, I'll explain my logic real no. quick. My concern was this I, game does the thing sometimes where yeah. you go to sleep and then you're in a cutscene for the next 20 minutes. That happened to me and I felt bad about it, but I sort of <laughs> played part of the next day. 
Um, exactly. Yeah. So no. that's that's why I say I saved before bed and then just stopped. And I that, was like, that's probably the safer way to do it. You know what? That's not a bad idea. This this case notwithstanding, because you know, obviously, I've touched on that cutscene. I think that's probably a good way to approach it from here on out. That like, okay. If we can save that night before going to bed, that is the the cutoff moment. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell us if that's a, a mistake or not. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But anyway, the the I mean that's we we said this in episode zero, and you know we're definitely going to be figuring some of this stuff out on uh, as we go because as as we said, this is not the way you would probably be playing this game otherwise. So we're going to run into these like the, the enjoyment of playing the game versus the the needs of the show and and in between. And that is sure. again, as Thomas said at the top, if you want to keep going as you're playing, just keep going. I want to keep going. We'll I found myself. I found myself already being like, "Man, I want to play more Persona." Yeah, I like, can't yet. I was I was flipping through my dashboard on my PS5 and was like, "Oh, I could play this or this or this, or I could play Persona." Yeah, <laughs> I I'm like, I need to find another RPG to play during this because I I can I can't just have a couple hours a week be the only thing uh, I get of this. But uh, th- that sort of ends those three days. I do want to jump into um, the the preamble, the pre- the prelude, and the sort of the overarching structure of it. And I think before we get into anything that could be considered spoiler territory, it's just worth saying that the, the game opens up, you're in this sort of casino heist moment, uh, you're trying to escape this casino. It's really, really action-packed. Um, this is a total tangent. I've seen a lot of TV critics recently talking about how many TV shows do in-media res openings these days. It's like... Every show does it at least once a season now of just putting you in the action and being like 12 hours earlier. Um, mm-hmm. the, this obviously you're, you're thrust into it. Uh, Joker is already in the costume that you see him assume a couple days later in, in, in that dungeon. Um, you're getting all these other voices in your ear. You have a quick battle. Uh, you, you escape and then just get confronted uh, and arrested. Get caught. You get caught. Uh, And then you're in your Shujin Academy uniform being interviewed by this woman named Sai. Uh, Well, first, first the police inject you with some unnamed drug and beat the crap out of you, which is like kind of awful on its own, too. Yeah. You know, everyone really (laughs) makes a big stink out of you stopping a domestic assault. And and then you you get drugged by the cops. So it's not great. And you get this rap sheet read right out to you. The the interesting thing, and we don't have to spend too much time on that. I really like actually Persona 5 Strikers, which is a sequel to that uh, kind of action game sequel, actually talks about that a little bit oh, uh, later on, in, which is kind of funny. It, the sort of how the police treat you, it like brings that up a little bit more, which is interesting. Okay. But yeah, then you then as you're saying, you start talking to the investigator. Yes, yeah. Uh, who is named as Sai at some point during all of this. And uh, essentially this framework, which we do see come back, and so I don't think it's, it's too much of a spoiler to say, is essentially a framework that uh flashes back to the events of the game and and kind of leads you through uh and and how you're going to get to that strange exciting moment at the beginning um right and and i think it, it definitely works because of how much just is especially at the beginning is like what the hell is going on and there are so many moving parts to the mythology and to this ensemble cast that you'll end up meeting and so much so much going on that i really appreciate having these breather moments that then flashback and every time they happen i'm always like okay what are the very leading questions sai is going to ask you i know right but that'll that'll come up more later though yeah for sure um 
I don't I don't know if there's too much to say about that before going to spoilers though. Is there is No, there... let's 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 talk a little deeper about what kind of this means for later on and uh, we'll try to avoid spoilers that are like major sort of plot like specific plot spoilers, but there's a yeah. lot that's this beginning part sets up and references that you don't really understand or know on the first playthrough basically. Yeah. And I, and I think it's worth addressing if only because it is something that going back and seeing it again, you're like, Oh yeah, all of these things. And, and even right. small things like the, the combat system being there is something that you, that's the first battle you have. And it's just, it's very quick and very nothing. Um, but what also happens, especially I think at the beginning of the sequence that's worth pointing out is you have a lot of other characters talking to you. And, um, again, I'm sort of struggling of like how much to get into of it, but let's uh, just put, let's just put a a line in the sand right now. Let's just talk a little bit more about spoilers. Okay. Spoilers going forward. Uh, I will put a a time code and sort of stop where there, there are not spoilers after this. You can listen to the end of the show, but yeah, you, you essentially have these voices in your ear and it's really funny to see the, the scene itself. I went back and watched the cutscene from the original persona five. It's presented a little differently because of the layout and things change from five to Royal, but you have Futaba in your ear. You have yeah. on as Panther in your ear. You have in Royal Akechi in your ear. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really funny to see all those things and to get immediate bits of who these characters are. Haru is there. Like you get these characters who you really may not know for 50 plus hours. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I love the beginning of this game for the same reason I talked about the castle sequence, which is that it, seeds so many things and doesn't explain them but it doesn't need to and it's sort of like it just sets up so much and i think even i love the structure the fact that this is all sort of told through this interrogation that you'll keep jumping back to because they did a really good job also of maintaining a lot of surprise and like where is it going what are we doing what are we going to see what's the twists all that sort of stuff but also Every time there's, like, you know, you see Kamashita already, and they're like, your first target was Kamashita. Why? And then you go into actually why, and you go back in time for that, rather than, like, making it a mystery who the target is going to be each yeah. time. And I think the one of the most brilliant things that this game does, uh, or that this opening does, is that one quick little line when the cops are arresting you, where they're like, one of your teammates sold you out. And that is so clever because then for the next 60 to 80 hours of the game, that's in the back of your head as like, okay, one of my teammates is going to sell me out at some point in this game. And that's so smart because you're the whole game is about making friends and the whole game is about making these bonds. Trusting people. (laughs) Right. Trusting people very literally. And like the fact that they just put that little nugget of doubt in there right Mm -hmm. at the beginning is like so, so smart and just so a driving mystery up until that, like you get a reveal for it, that it's like so clever that like they, I don't know. It's just, I think that this opening does a lot of heavy lifting and is really, really good at getting you engaged and into it right away. And the yeah. interrogation sort of slows that momentum a little bit, but even still, like I, I just like the structure a lot that they set up in this opening. No, me too. And it's one of those things where I think like, if you're playing it for the first time, you have enough of an understanding that like what you're seeing, you don't fully comprehend and you will more so later. But I, I think you're totally right. Nailing in on those like little bits of, of information, uh, 
and the way that like going back and seeing it again and having a full context of where the game goes, like you are totally right in how much it really does seed and how great it is at doing that without ruining any of it. It doesn't, it doesn't signpost too much to be like, you know, big flashing sign. Here are right. the three people who are going to matter most or things like that. Like right, it, it, right, it right. kind of just lets you get a sense that there's a much larger picture than you fully comprehend at this point. Uh, but what it does point out is just so fascinating. And yeah, you're right with that line. And I think it so much ties back into that general theme of just like the the masks we wear and the the right. the, the inner real self versus the self we put out there. And then this will come back so much as we talk through this game. But it, it is, again, like you're going to be meeting so many people and you're going to have to start trusting all these people. But who can you actually not trust? Right. Um, and the one the one thing I will say about this because we were gonna we we're gonna talk about this a little the royal additions right yes, the, the yeah. changes that royal has made in this opening sequence basically in the first three days of the calendar nothing is different I don't think but, except for in this intro yeah yeah in yeah. the in this pre intro what you get is showing you the new grappling hook ability that royal introduces and also this sort of introduction and mini fight that wasn't in the original with the new character in the game, one of the new characters in the game. Um, and this is actually a part of this that I didn't... Like, the thing that's interesting about this sequence or this this bit with the new character is it... I think it weakens the intro overall and it is basically just there for older Persona fans, people who yeah. played Persona 5. It's like, look, new stuff right away. You get to see this new thing that's in action and you didn't and there's like a little tease for you, but also it's like very out of pace. It feels very inserted into an otherwise very refined sequence to me. Um and I think that I like it and dislike it for those reasons. No, totally. And I I get where you're coming from because given the emotional weight the grappling hook brings to the game, I th- I think for it to be introduced <laughs> the way it is doesn't quite sell, and that's the end of my joke. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm definitely there with you. It's, it's one of those things that it really does feel like it's in there for people who have played Persona 5. Like, if yeah. this moment is very, introducing this new girl who's, like, granted, badass from minute one. Like, she's cool. Yeah, she's um, very cool. It very much sets up. And again, you know where this goes. I don't in Royal. Right. And so like, yes. it very clearly sets up like she very specifically says, like, I'm not a phantom thief. You need to go do your phantom thief things, which it's, it's very funny. It, it sounds like a like a, a romance novel. Someone being like, no, you need to go. You need to go to war. I understand. You go do soldier things. I'll be here for yes. you. But like, um, but she, that's that moment exactly is. like we've already talked about this right the discrepancy of why i think that moment doesn't work when the other stuff in the pal or in the castle and stuff does work is because joker understands what she means yeah and you as a player don't Don't. yeah and that then creates this disconnect where the game is just saying things at you that it sort of doesn't expect you to understand but your character understands and you have this disconnect and it's less mystery yeah where like when a cop is saying someone one of your teammates sold you out joker is wondering who at the exact same time you are whereas this thing with the new character is creates a disconnect where it just sort of like is happening to you because you and joker are not in sync at that moment yeah and like i think that's the only reason it falls a little short of the entire rest of the sequence is because they don't you don't line up with joker in that exact moment of confusion as much because he's not confused it's really hard to pull off and i think few things ever really 
do it well. It's really hard to pull off when the character that you are following knows more than you do, but your viewpoint for this world is them. Um, yeah. And I, 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 there's definitely a few like TV shows and games and things that I think do that pretty well. But yeah, th- this moment feels like, okay, there's, there's just something that's going to be answered later on that I just have to wait to understand this versus Joker doesn't know the answer either. And so you're learning right. together. And, and, and yeah. I, I definitely agree with you, the, the pacing of it also, because, it, and I mean, to be fair, it is, it is a moment that is thrown into an existing story thing. Like this is inserted yes. into an already well-paced moment and naturally is probably going to disrupt it. But I, I agree. It does feel like a kind of like, hold up. We promise there's more to this, but you're, yeah. you're going to have to wait to actually get. To and, it. and I respect it for that. Yeah. Right. I respect it for the idea that, you know, you don't want to wait 15 hours or whatever it is. I don't think it's that long, but you know, you don't want to wait a really long time to see anything new in this game you've already played. So I get it from that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it again, it's the balance of, uh, old fans and new that you have to juggle. And I agree while the the pacing sort of suffers at the beginning, it is nice that there is something there from the start to just tell you like, Hey, there will be more to this than the base game. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I, I think that pretty much covers all the beats. Is there anything that from these three days, I know we spent a long time kind of in detail because it was only three days, but like, is there anything from those three days you wanted to go over that I forgot? Uh, Ryuji is the best boy. I love him dearly. That's about it. No, uh, the only thing we maybe didn't totally mention was that it also starts seeding this idea of mental shutdowns and, you know, people like the tr- the train derailing and that sort of thing. So it's starting to seed other parts of the, yes. like, yeah. what's going on in the world. But we don't have to dig into that because it's, it's basically just set up for, for what's coming. Yeah. No, forgive me. I had written down the, the, the stuff about the shutdowns and the, the accident. But yeah, I just... It, it, I will never forgive you. That's fair. Uh, you know, well, maybe you'll you'll get to learn more about me as this goes on and realize I'm worth forgiving. Huh. Uh, but maybe not. Uh, before, <laughs> before we wrap up, um, one, again, just wanted to say, if you have comments or questions or things you want to bring up about this week's episode, uh, if we got something horrendously wrong about the days that we just played that you want to correct us on, uh, feel free to write into Dornology at gmail.com or leave a comment wherever you are watching or listening to this. Uh, and we'll definitely be reading through things. Um, but... Before, before we wrap up, I think we both had two sort of ideas for, I guess, like, quizzy things that we can do. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm setting this up not greatly because mostly I don't want to cramp your style on what you had planned, and I'm going to try my thing. Okay. Um, okay. Which is in its written alliteration, but not vocal alliteration, and that's why I wrote it this way, because it's frustrating in that respect. Uh, okay. But Persona Pseudonym both start with p of course uh where i thought one of us could each essentially like week by week uh use each of the personas until you essentially capture them or you know learn their full identity have other nicknames that they get uh often within battle and are called by different aliases and so one of the examples of course is that uh arsene joker's persona is also known as the pillager of twilight um so i thought i would quiz you on one okay okay um starting off easy who is the beguiling girl? Beguiling girl? Oh, is that uh? I can't remember her name, but but Ons. Uh, no, Carmen. No, nope. not Carmen. No. Oh, then I'm out. I it, don't know. It is the pixie person. Oh, I yep. thought we were only going. Okay, oh, I'm okay, sorry. Okay. No, I, I, yeah, we're. I, I was going full, full breath, but um. <laughs> And it will. Okay. I'll be ready for next time. Yeah. 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 Um, 
But anyway, I think you you also, uh, before we, we leave off, we want to sort of have some connective tissue from episode to episode. And since you remember things a little bit more and better than I do, I want to I want to hand it off to you. And uh, wh- what did you want to ask me? So here's here's uh, here's my idea. Persona loves quizzes and pop quizzes and trivia with like its crossword puzzles and, and that sort of thing. New players, you'll get into all that soon. So I'm going to ask. And I will deliver the answer on next week's episode at the beginning of next week's episode. One trivia question that could have been answered, could have been set up and answered in that the period that we just played. So April 9th to 11th. So here we go. Ryuji and Joker meet on the roof of Shujin Academy. And when Joker goes to the roof, there's a sign on the door that says no access, but the door is unlocked. And he goes in and talks to Ryuji. The question is, why is the door to Shujin's roof unlocked? And that answer is delivered within the first three days of the game if you know where to look for it. And so. I missed it. So I'm excited to find out the answer. I'm not going to look it up in between episodes. I'm, I'm excited to find out uh, along with all of you at home. You can tweet at us or uh, email or whatever to if, you, if you've got your answer. Your guess is obviously uh, if I uh, don't don't look it up, to, you know, just yeah. uh, as you're playing through whether or not uh, you, you figured it out or send us your best guess. If you missed it like me, I'll come up with a guess for next time as well. Or uh, send us your worst guess. We'll take yes. those too. <laughs> or even a middle guess. I'll take any guess really. At no, this I want I'll only, I'll best only or worst. take best or worst. Okay. Yes, I'll take all the others. <laughs> you okay. take best or worst. I'll be somewhere Good. somewhere in between. Uh, but you know, I I think at this point we're we're getting pretty tired and we've had a long day, so it's probably best we go to sleep as Morgana would want us to. Um, so that'll make sense once we've played more of this game to people who are fresh. But uh, other than that, I think that's going to wrap us up for our first episode of Take Your Time, a Persona in Real Time podcast. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. For thank this, thank you for joining me for this. <laughs> Thank thank you for for joining me for joining you for yeah. talking about this for a year and making it finally happen. I'm I'm very Hooray. excited. We're we're actually doing it. We're 3 days in. Many more days to go, but it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um as a reminder, uh new episodes of the show go live every Monday, so look forward to uh, a new episode next Monday. And again, if you want to write in, uh please write into dornology at gmail.com and we'll we'll read some stuff on next week's show. Uh but wherever you're listening or watching this, please remember I, I'm really gonna turn into that influencer right right now, but please remember to uh rate the show, uh like it, subscribe, uh anything you can to help support the show. We're just doing this for fun. It is not um you know tied to any of our, our work or anything like that. It's just a thing we're doing on the side. And we're having a really fun time doing it and we'd we'd love to get the word out to as many persona fans as possible. So uh if if you if you're enjoying the show as well, please consider uh leaving those those five stars or those thumbs ups or whatever they do on on your <laughs> your your service of choice i don't know there's too many uh but other than that that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode tom thank you so much for taking your time to chat with me this week thank you see you next time see you later <laughs> <laughs>